Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mimetic Exegete podcast. I'm your host, Simon Skidmore. In this series, we have been working our way through the book of Isaiah. The book attributes Israel's defeat and exile in Babylon to the sins of their leaders. Now in the latter half of the book, Isaiah encourages Israel to remain steadfast in their faith and resist the temptation to worship the gods of Babylon. In exile, Israel have imitated the desires and worship of the Babylonians and forsaken the Lord. Believing that the Lord has forgotten them, the Israelites have become seduced by mimetic desire. Isaiah exhorts the Israelites to forsake their mimetic idols and return to God, that he might deliver them. The Lord vows to destroy Babylon by unleashing mimetic violence within it and to restore wealth and prosperity to Israel. Isaiah calls Israel to embrace their calling as the Lord's servant and to begin a positive cycle of mimesis that will attract more and more people. Even the nations will imitate Israel's positive example, allowing the Lord's salvation to spread beyond Israel's borders to the ends of the earth. Let's continue reading now from chapter 50, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Where is your mother's certificate of divorce, with which I sent her away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities you were sold, and for your transgression your mother was sent away. Why, when I came, was there no man? Why, when I called, was there no one to answer? Is my hand shortened that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, by my rebuke I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a desert. Their fish stink for lack of water and die of thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness and make sackcloth their covering. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not back. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all you who kindle a fire, who equip yourselves with burning torches, walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This you have from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. Before examining this text, I might just point out that there's at least two people speaking here. Verses 1 to 3 are the Lord's speech where he says he did not send Israel away, but their own sins led them astray. From verse 4, the Lord's servant speaks, that is, the faithful Israelite remnant who call their fellow countrymen to imitate their example. The Lord has not divorced, that is, forsaken Israel, but Israel has become estranged through their own sins. Seduced by mimetic desire, the people have turned their back upon the Lord and pursued the idols of Babylon. 
This pursuit led the people into conflict with Babylon as they compete with one another over commonly desired objects, ultimately resulting in Israel's demise. The people were conquered through their own lack of faith and not because the Lord was overpowered by the gods of Babylon. To emphasize the point, the Lord speaks of his act of drying up the sea in the Exodus narrative as evidence of his power to save Israel from her enemies. However, because Israel has now turned their back upon the Lord, no deliverance is granted. Instead, the sky has become clothed in blackness as nature mourns Israel's destruction. But the Lord's servant, this faithful Israelite remnant who remains, has turned his back upon the gods of Babylon, which continually strike and assault Israel. Although his rejection of mimetic idolatry is met with disgrace and scorn, the Lord's servant dedicates himself to the Lord alone, knowing that his faithfulness will ultimately be vindicated. He places his trust in the Lord to guide him through the darkness and defend him from all harm. By contrast, his Israelite contemporaries attempt to navigate the mimetic darkness by lighting their own fire, which represents their own mimetic desire. These torches will ultimately lead the people into rivalry with one another, inevitably resulting in destruction and division. Reading on now from chapter 51, verse 1. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Sion, he comforts all her waste places, and makes her wilderness like Eden. Her desert, like the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation. For a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near. My salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment. And they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever. And my righteousness will never be destroyed. Listen to me, you who know righteousness. The people in whose heart is my law. Fear not the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their rivalings. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them up like wool, but my righteousness will be forever and my salvation to all generations. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep? who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over, and the ransom of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I, I am he who comforts you. 
Who are you that you are afraid of man that dies, of the son of man who is like the grass, and have forgotten the Lord your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and you fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor when he sets himself to destroy, and where is the wrath of the oppressor? He who is bowed down shall speedily be released. He shall not die and go down to the pit, neither shall his bread be lacking. I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. Wake yourself, wake yourself. Stand up, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath. You have drunk to the dregs, the bowl, the cup of staggering. There is none to guide her among all the sons she has borne. There is none to take her by the hand among all the sons she has brought up. These two things have happened to you. Who will console you? Devastation and destruction, famine and sword. Who will comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie at the head of every street like an antelope in a net. They are full of wrath of the Lord, the rebuke of your God. Therefore hear this, you who are afflicted, who are drunk but not with wine. Thus says the Lord, the Lord your God, who pleads the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering. The bowl of my wrath you shall drink no more. And I will put it into the hands of your tormentors, who have said to you, Bow down that we may pass over. And you have made your back like the ground and like the street for them to pass over. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourself from the dust and arise. Be seated, O Jerusalem. Loose the bonds from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Again, in this passage, we get a little bit of call and response from the Lord and his people. From the beginning of the chapter, verses 1 to 3, the prophet tells us about the Lord who comforts Zion. But then in verse 4, the Lord cuts in and says, Give attention, listen to me. Verse 9, then Israel responds and says, Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. In other words, come in and fight on our behalf. And then in verse 17, the Lord imitates that callback. He says to Jerusalem, Wake up yourself. Stand up, O Jerusalem. And again in verse 23, Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. So there is this call of response where Israel are calling upon the Lord to rescue them, but then the Lord calls back to them and says, Hey, you need to address what's going on. You need to put on your strength and you need to take action. The chapter opens with Isaiah encouraging the faithful Israelites to find succor by looking back to the faithfulness of Abraham and Sarah, their ancestors. Abraham and Sarah boldly followed the Lord into the unknown to receive his blessing. Now Israel must do likewise to discover a new era of righteousness and prosperity. Just as Abraham and Sarah left behind everything they knew in Babylon, so Israel must now abandon Babylon and the idols of the Babylonians to pursue a new life in Canaan. Although the rest of the peoples will ultimately perish, the Lord will save and nourish the faithful Israelite remnant. 
For this reason, the Lord encourages this remnant to be strong and resist the temptation to worship the idols of Babylon. Just as the Lord once dried up the Sea of Reeds in Egypt and defeated the chaotic sea dragon to create the world, so he will make sorrow and sighing flee away as the faithful remnant return home to Canaan. The Lord calls the Israelites to be courageous and recognize his greatness. No mortal can stand against him, but will wither like grass. While the waves of mimetic violence rage around them, the Lord protects the faithful Israelite remnant and puts his words of truth and justice in their mouth that others might hear and be saved. The prophet then calls to the Israelites who are intoxicated with mimetic violence to awake from their slumber that they might be saved. The Israelites have been intoxicated and ravished by mimetic violence, but the Lord is now taking this cup of intoxication away from them and pouring it out upon their enemies. In other words, the suffering of Israel is finally coming to an end and their enemies will soon be destroyed by the mimetic violence of warfare. The people must drag themselves out of the dust and prepare to depart from Babylon. Reading on now from chapter 52, verse 3. For thus says the Lord, You were sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord your God, My people went down at first into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them for nothing. Now therefore, what have I here? declares the Lord, seeing that my people are taken away for nothing. Their rulers wail, declares the Lord, and continually all the day my name is despised. Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Here I am. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who publishes peace, who brings news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from here, touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her, purify yourselves, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. For you shall go out in haste, and you shall not go in flight. For the Lord will go with you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. In a second exodus, the Lord will brandish his mighty arm in violence against Israel's enemies. With Babylon decimated, the Lord will then go before Israel and after Israel as he leads them home to Canaan. Jacob, traveling to Egypt and sojourning in Goshen, which was how they ultimately became enslaved to Pharaoh. In this story, Jacob becomes ensnared by his own mimetic desire, represented by Pharaoh, as he moves to Egypt in pursuit of his desired objects, wealth and his estranged son, Joseph. Later in Israel's history, they also oppressed them for nothing. In other words, Assyria's violence is futile because the Babylonians will ultimately destroy them, returning their own violence upon their own heads. In that day, the Lord will be vindicated as he once more delivers Israel 
from the mimetic violence which ensnares them. This is the good news, the word of triumph that the Lord now delivers to Israel, his people. Thanks again for joining me on the Mimetic Exegete podcast. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.